Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in. Got a great show for you today where we welcome Dr. Corey Jamison. And Dr. Jamison has 
worked with executives and teams around the globe to drive dramatic, sustainable organizational transformation on the corporate level. She's also doing that using her PhD in psychology on the personal and relationship level. When she married her husband, John, they blended their families and Corey had three children and John had three children. And then together they had one. So they blended a total of seven, all under the age of 13, into this blended family, and then started doing an annual marriage retreat for themselves, which led her to create the DIY marriage retreat. So Dr. Corey and I dive in and talk about blending a family like that. I think it's super impressive and important, and talk a lot about conflict resolution and how to have discussions around that. And also a lot about communication and how to be intentional in our relationship. So I really enjoyed today's conversation with Dr. Jameson. I hope you guys do too. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Dr. Jameson. Thank you for joining me on the show today. I'm so happy to be here with you, Chase. Thank you for inviting me. So today we're going to talk about your DIY marriage retreat. And I thought a good place for us to start would be what led you to create this? Because it's an interesting story. And I want to dive into the whole blending of the families and your personal experience and then giving this retreat to the people. Let's do it. So how many years ago was it now? So um, my husband and I together have seven children. I had three, he had three, and then we had one together. So at one point we had seven kids under the age of 13, which is a lot of kids, Chase, just, just telling you. So we worked hard to make sure that our marriage was strong because we brought other people into this. And we brought kids into this who had been through the divorce of their parents and had already had, you know, a difficult time with that. So when we knew when we got together that we really needed to make this work and we knew to make it work, we would have to pay attention to it. So every year we would take some time to talk about all the different parts of our lives as individuals and as a couple. Where were we financially? How are we doing in terms of conflict? Were we communicating well together? What kind of adventures were we having with the kids? Because we didn't we didn't have a whole lot of date nights back then. So it was often family adventures. And really, how were we functioning as a whole healthy family? And most importantly, as a couple at the center of that. And so we would take the time. We tried to go away, but it's very difficult to find someone to babysit seven children. Um and so sometimes we would do it at home, but as they got a little bit older, we were able to go away overnight and we just consistently used the same set of questions every year and made such a difference to how that year went and the kinds of experiences that we had together as a family and how we experienced each other overall. So we decided that if it was helpful to us, that there had to be other parents who were either blended or not blended, um, who would appreciate, or couples who would appreciate the time and the questions to help them have the same kinds of conversations. 
I want to dive into those questions, but first I want to ask if you don't mind sharing a little bit of the details and maybe some advice on blending such a big family. I mean, even if you're just doing, if one partner has a kid, that's its own thing, but certainly having seven kids under the age of 13 is a whole other thing. Do you mind sharing a little bit of advice or insight into that process, some things to think about, because certainly there's going to be listeners who are blending a family either currently or in the future, it might be a thing. Can you share a little bit about that? Sure. And I'll just tell you, Chase, that most of what I know, I learned by doing it the wrong way and having to to grow and change from that. Um, You know, I think the thing that really has helped my husband, John, and I is we had an we, we had a rule growing up that you know mom's house mom's rules dad's house dad's rules and so when the kids would say well when we're at mom's or when we're at dad's we're allowed to do this or we don't have to do this instead of feeling frustration about that or dang it why doesn't that person feed them vegetables or why don't they have to do any of the that kind of frustration that then becomes difficulty between all of the co-parents we really set the boundary around our own four walls and said, mom's house, mom's rules, dad's house, dad's rules. And that helped us to really just stay focused on who we were as a family and what we were building and the understanding and agreements between us. And it kept the frustration with, you know, ex-partners down and the frustrations because we wanted to have a good relationship with the other parents. And we wanted that just not just for the kids, but for all of us. I mean, this is, we have our first grandchild now and that's from my stepson. So we have a long life ahead of, of being grandparents and great grandparents in this huge family system. So we wanted it to be peaceful and kind and caring and keeping the boundaries around our own home really helped with that. That makes a lot of sense. And I can imagine blending the family and all of that has its own challenges. But then what led you to start your own annual retreat is it's like, hey, we got to check in with ourselves too. So I want to get into the questions and the details of the retreat, but how can someone kind of cut through the the chaos, whether it's blending a family or if you just have one kid and, and it's not blended, a lot of times that can dominate a relationship because it Kids take a lot of work or maybe it's a job. So how did you find the time to create that check-in and and that marriage retreat? How did you think about doing that? Yeah, well, there was never time. (laughs) I look back now and I'm like, I had them all played sports. and It was really, to use your words, it really was finding time. And then it was committing to that. And there were other things, you know, um, I'm very interested in the work of Stan Tatkin. He is one of uh, really just one of my favorite writers and, and thinkers about marriage and relationship. And so we wanted to make a habit of paying attention to each other. And that's hard to do when there are that many children because kids always have something going on. There's always needs. There's always priorities that are related to them. But even, you know, in the course of a week, there's little things that we've always done that say to each other, you know, you're important. You are my primary person. You are my person. I love you. And those little things are like greeting each other at the door. When one of us comes home from something, you know, I, I travel a lot um, because I have a consulting, corporate consulting practice. 
and I travel a lot. And often I will pull in the driveway from a long trip and my husband is standing at the end of the driveway, jumping up and down and clapping because I'm home. It could be the middle of winter or, and it always makes me feel so loved. And I do the same with him. When he comes home from something, I run to the door or I run outside or I run to the driveway and just make a big show of welcoming our person back into our lives. You know, that kind of demonstration can mean a lot. And the other thing that we've always done is try to slow down every day and just look at each other for a minute and really look at each other's eyes. And and I automatically smile when I look in my husband's eyes. He's my favorite person. He brings a smile to my face all the time, but sometimes I'm so busy and working and doing all these things that I don't slow down to really look at him. But when I do, I feel that connection that even though we may not have time to have a date night or to go through the retreat, which we do frequently, we have that moment during the day to connect and, and that makes a world of difference for us. I love that. And it's a cute image of your husband jumping up and down at the end of the I driveway. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's those little things that can make such a big difference. So thank you for sharing. Certainly when you got seven kids and, and yeah, it's hard to find that time to connect, but a little thing like taking time to stare at each other in the eyes or when you're partner comes home from work, greeting them at the door, even if you're juggling all the kids, just taking five seconds, be like, hey, sweetie, give them a kiss. Those are the little things that can add up. Well, they say they say to your person, you are important. I see you. You are important in this constellation. And that's really, especially I think in a blended family, like it was important for my birth children to see that John was a priority to me. And I demonstrated that. And it was important for his birth children to see that I was a priority to him and that there was love between us. Because, you know, what we wanted to do was show what abiding, secure, functioning, fun love looked like for our kids. So that even though they had divorced parents, they would grow up in the under the umbrella of great love and know that that's a possibility for them and have something to model it from. My parents were super deeply in love. Like just, it was a beautiful thing growing up to, I, you know, walk in a room and they were slow dancing to some song in the middle of an afternoon, or they were always laughing and really just deeply loving toward one another. And I wanted our kids and John wanted our kids to see that, you know, the phrase broken home is a broken phrase. It's, it's not a thing that you can, come from a family of divorce and still have a really great model of what love can look like. That's beautiful. And I'll have to have you back on and we can really dive into the blended family and all that because it's important and you have a unique perspective on it. But I want to move forward and jump into the marriage retreat. And you mentioned this check-in and a set of questions that you guys were asking each other. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So over the years, we've done it lots of different ways, but we really kind of break up and look at the different parts of our lives and spend real time in each part. And, you know, I know the things that worry my husband the most about, you know, finances and stability. And he knows the things that worry me the most. Are we communicating well? Are we tight? Are we close? And so we put a priority around those two areas and we 
have all the difficult conversations we need to have. Because for instance, when you're talking about money, Chase, I mean, you, you know this in life. It's not just, do we have enough or do we need more? Or how are we going to spend it? It's, what are my associations with money? How did I grow up thinking about money? What are my fears and worries about money? How does that spill over into how you, John, and my husband and I interact around money? And that's, that's really the key part of having a solid conversation about some things like money is really recognizing that we come to it with our own stuff and our own baggage and our own fears and worries that are very different from our partners. And so if we acknowledge that and we come to really know our partner's stuff and respect it and treat it with care, then we can have a whole different conversation around something as tense and difficult as money when we're standing in the shoes of the person we love and the person we've chosen and the person we want this conversation to go well with. It's very different position and stance than sitting down to talk about money and having it, I don't know about you, but I know that that conversation can go very poorly. But when we really adopt a stance of, I care about, I want to know where my person is, I understand them as a whole human being and their experiences, and I'm taking that into account as I engage with them, about this com- about money in this conversation, it's a very different experience. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. 
Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving Relationship Advice listeners 10% off when you visit hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good, and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family, and we all walked to the lake, and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and, of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low-quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. Certainly. And and we've had entire episodes dedicated to talking about money and multiple and it's super important. And whether we're talking about money or what to do with the family over the holidays or who's taking the garbage out, there's always important ways that we communicate. And you mentioned standing in the shoes of our partner and being open to their perspective. And I think that's such an important thing for us to do for our partners and for our partners to try to do for us, because we're going to have different views about a lot of things, money, as you mentioned. And I feel a lot of the conflict arises when we dig our heels in and we say, well, this is how I think about money and how you think about it is either, you know, not right or it's got to be my way mm-hmm. and, and right. And then then we have the conflict. So can you talk a little bit about taking that open minded or open hearted listening and being able to occupy our partner's shoes, even if we disagree with them and and how we can practice that and why it's so important? Yeah, well, I I think, you know, if you think about household chores, like all of these things, it's a wonder that any relationship works at all. I mean, there's so many things, especially once kids come, kids come along, there's so many things that could go wrong or that they're out there to disagree about. It's a wonder sometimes to me that any of them work. But I think they do work <laughs> because we slow down and get out of our own fears, our own worries, our own needs. So even, you know, when when we had all the kids were home and now many of them are grown and we only actually have one living at home, which is kind of crazy. She she is she is not thrilled with the volume of tension she gets from the two of us. She's 13 and she'd like a little more privacy and a little less, you know, parents who are just super excited to hang out with her. <laughs> um, but it, it it's 
in those moments when we feel, you know, frustrated or angry and we feel our cortisol raising and our face starts to get hot and we start to, you know, build a case for how we're right and the other person's wrong, that's when we know that this isn't going to go well. And oftentimes we, we lean into it and it doesn't go well. Or we, you know, my husband always asks this great question, which I love. Do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? To be clear, Chase, I only like this conversation, that question, when I'm not in a place where I want to be right. But it's a great question in that moment to say, do I want to be right or do I want to be effective? Because when we approach each other as wanting to be right, it's not going to go well. We're going to let that cortisol and that fear and that, you know, fight, flight or freeze take over. And that's not going to, it's not going to be a conversation that goes well. And it hurts our person. And why would we ever want to hurt our person? Why would we ever want to engage in something when we're at our worst? But when that cortisol is firing, it's hard for us to dial it back, but it's not impossible. So when you feel that sort of frustration growing, it's critical to like, literally take a breath, do a lap, walk away for a minute and say, you know what? I'm, I'll often say to my husband, John, I'm walking away for a minute because I can feel myself getting frustrated and that's not what I want to have happen here but I just need to take a lap and I'll be back in five minutes. And then I come back in five minutes, not six, not seven, not the next day, five minutes, because I made a commitment that I would work this through. But sometimes we just need a minute because we're at our best when we can take into account another person's context and story and worries and fears. And we can't do that when our cortisol is ringing. We just can't. We lose our executive functioning. We just don't have the capability. So we need to let that lesson and come back to it and say, I'm working hard to really be curious in this conversation. Tell me more. Tell me more about your perspective. What am I not seeing here? What are you worried about? How can we work on this together? It's so important to take that pause and and not try to, to solve things when we're in that fight flight or freeze. And that's easier said than done, but from personal experience, like just force yourself because I think almost maybe one zero percent of the time, are you going to be effective when you're in that mode? Zero percent. It's just never (laughs) going to go well. And yet we find ourselves in it over and over, right? Because we're human. But I heard something recently, Chase, that I love, which is fight, flight, freeze, or friend. And we know that when we're in frightening or tense situations, we often look around for somebody who we think might be a friend. And so when John and I get frustrated with each other and I feel my cortisol rising, I think I could go with friend right now. I could do friend right now. And what would that look like? How would that feel different? If I showed up as a real friend to him right now, that would mean that I would take into account the context that he's in right now or the context that he grew up with or the differences that we have that I don't necessarily understand. I I will never be able to understand, but I can care about and love and show appreciation and acknowledgement of without trying to fix it or change it. But I do think to your point, it's work. It's work. It's always work. And I want to go back to that question we can ask ourselves, do we want to be right or effective? And hopefully we can get to the point where we we're choosing, we want to be effective. So let's say we choose that. How can we be effective 
in that conversation when we're really angry, our partner said something, and rather than being right of, you said this, and this is why it's wrong, how can we be effective? I think that's the part that is about, like, what do I need to get myself back to a place where I'm effective? I need a little movement. I need to get up and walk. And we know there's lots of research around this, that when you physically move, it's easier for your brain to be creative. It's easier for you to come up with a solution that may be different from the ones that you're used to or your go-to one that's reactive. So there's, for me, I have to get up and move around just a little bit. Not for long, just long enough to sort of reset myself. So we all know what it is that helps us sort of calm down and get into a more effective space. But I think a lot of times, Chase, it's, it's a choice in the moment. It is a choice. It's a choice. And I choose my person over whatever the issue is. And when I look at John and I choose John over a household chore disagreement or something, you know, we disagree about one of the kids. When I choose him over that, it's, it becomes, it, it's the easiest choice I could ever make. I just have to get myself clear that if I'm coming in hot and I'm about to say something hurtful, I am, I am choosing a, a fleeting momentary fear-based need over the human being who I've committed to love and care for. And that's a poor choice. So a lot of times, I think it's acknowledging that we have the choice. We have the capability to be effective, to be curious in that moment. We just choose not to. And when we start to think about it as a choice, then we no longer can say things like, he made me so mad that I did X, or she, she, just, made, she just infuriated me. That's crap. We are choiceful human beings and adults. And we can choose a different way to interact if we really want to. It's a good point. And it's a powerful one when we can inter internalize that and, and practice it, that it's not our partner making us feel a certain way. We are choosing to feel that way, but it can feel <laughs> pretty bad and feel like we want to lash back out. What would you say to someone who's like, okay, I'm going to make the choice to to choose friend, to move towards my partner, but the partner has hurt you. Maybe it's something they've said, and maybe it's a pattern. Maybe it's the same pattern, same argument. This happens all the time, right? We, we choose friend, but our partner, it just doesn't seem to get it in a sense. How can we communicate in a way that we are choosing friend, but we're also being like, hey, that bothers me when this happens, that we can be productive? Yeah. Well, I think when we're choosing friend, we're choosing to fully listen, not just listen to the things that we want to hear. So if John says to me, I'm frustrated and hurt because I, I think that, you know, you left all of this work for me to do for the weekend and you had hung out with your friends and had fun with the kids. And I was in the kitchen the whole time, or I was working in the yard the whole time. And I'm really hurt by that. And I feel like it happens a lot. I could fire back with, you know, all the times I empty the dishwasher, all the times. but I'm choosing to friend. And if I don't friend back to him, he only really needs to say it once. 
And if he said to me a couple times, you know, this really impacts me and I'm really, I'm hurting. I, I'd like us to really see if we can do something, experiment with a new way of doing, or maybe set some new expectations or, or maybe try a schedule. If I don't join that, even if there's no place that I can show curiosity or empathy, then John and I need to find a professional licensed marital couples counselor who is going to help us through that. Because, you know, any of these conversations can be so productive, especially if there's habit around them and if there's guidance around them. But at some point, if your person isn't responding and and maybe it's, you know, it's never one person or the other. It's always like the combination. If If you're not able to get it to a positive place, then you need to get real help because commitments are are hard and they're super important and they deserve, you know, the attention, even if it means getting extra help to resolve whatever the issue might be. I'm reading a children's book to my daughter, Stella, and one of the main characters says, what is the bravest thing you can do? And it's the, the big horse responds, ask for help, yeah. whether that's to a professional or to your partner in this situation of like saying, Hey, I don't have the answer. You know, we're, we're fighting here. I want help. Like let's help each other. Right. It's an important realization that, and certainly professional help is, is important too. So keep that in mind and it's never, don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have to say, Chase, I, I think I have a fantastic marriage and we still have had lots of times in the you know last decade plus decade and a half where where we've had to go get help because it was just something we couldn't figure out ourselves and what's happened every time is that therapist has not only helped us really clarify and understand what our intentions were and the, in each other's context but the therapist has good ideas <laughs> things we never would have thought of because it's just not in our experience so you know, it's, I think it really is often hard because there's a stigma around it, but wow, can it be so valuable. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. 
OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. Hey, Love Tribe. I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've talked a lot about conflict resolution and some really great things. I really love kind of the catchphrases, fight, flight, freeze, or friend. I think that's so important. And do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? So I just want to reiterate those two things. Are there any other things? Obviously, there's lots in the DIY marriage retreat and questions that, that we can ask our partner. Are there another area that you think is really important that you could share with our listeners? Yes, I would love to too, really. One is, and we've talked some about this, but it's just straight communication. You know, we often hear in organizational life, when people say, what are the biggest challenges? People say communication. And I always say, what do you mean? What does that mean? And it's the same in our relationships. Really, communication is such a huge heading that encompasses so much from some of what we've talked about at conflict, but how we express love, how we express fun, how we get to know our person's language and, and our, know our person's gestures and mannerisms and their tells. And when they're saying yes, but they're really thinking, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go on this, you know, visit to the in-laws with you, but I really don't want you, know, whatever it is, really understanding each other and, and developing strong, predictable, honest methods of communication, almost like just your own couple language is so important. And such a, you know, something that you draw from every day, all day. And, you know, when little things like I learned early on that, particularly when I'm traveling, my husband just likes to hear from me during the day. I don't have to say much. And I would like, 
wait to call until late because I finally finished working. And then there was the dinner. And then I'm finally back to the hotel. And I, all he wanted was a text during the day. It was like, hi, how doing? How are you? Good, done. And he felt, felt so loved from that. And I wasn't delivering it because I was waiting to have a longer conversation, which was my need, not his. So even small things like that, where we come to know what's our person's... There's a lot of talk about love language, but what's your person's language? And what are the ways that they want to communicate? And what's a way to identify that for ourselves so we can share that with our partner? Yeah, there's so much about this in the retreat that really talks about and elicits an understanding of the other person around how did you communicate growing up? You know, my, I, I grew up in a family where my mother was a yeller. She's Lebanese, hot, you know, like hot tempered, laughed hard, cried hard, yelled loud. And so yelling to me was like a sign of love. And I see you and you're important. And if, I, if I'm not, you know, at 100 degrees, then something's wrong. My husband, not so much. When I yell, he felt yelled at. He did not like it. And so we had to like figure each other out. And he had to say, when we're, especially when you're mad and you're yelling, it doesn't work for me. And I was like, well, that's kind of, yelling is like a sign of I love you. He's like, I am not feeling I love you from that. Just so you know, we had to sort that out. So it's having the intentional conversation about all of the unintentional things that can happen during the day. So I know when we when we fight and argue, I do not raise my voice. It is work for me not to, because that is how I learn to show emotion. But I don't yell. And once in a while, I do. And when I do, he says, I know this is you. I got it. I, I know. It's okay. Like we have to meet each other part way in these things. But it does all chase, as you know, require intentional conversation. Yes, it certainly does. These things don't happen on their own. And as you started us off with of relationships, and it surprises you how they work. And obviously, you're saying that tongue in cheek. But but yeah, it's like we come from different backgrounds. We're different people. Yelling is an expression of love growing up. But then your partner was yelled at by his abusive father, potentially, you know, hypothetically. And so those are polar opposite things. And then you come together and we each have to identify that and then share it with our partner and then have some mutual understanding and then move forward practicing better together. Right. Better together. And it, and it requires us, and this is, you know, part of the, the value that I really see and that we wanted to have in the marriage retreat is that each of the exercises gives you a chance to think about you first and then to think about you in the context of this relationship. Because if I didn't think about me and how I grew up and what that meant, I wouldn't be positioned to be empathetic to John, John's context and what he grew up with. I would just think my way was right. It was the only way. It was the way. And because I lean toward that as a person anyway, I, I do, I say things and act like my way is the right way a lot. And I've had to, you know, manage that in myself and grow that way, you know, grow away from that. Um, it's especially, it can be especially difficult for him. So it does require us to just know ourselves 
at a level that may feel uncomfortable or scary and, you know, same. We often recommend as people talk to us about the retreat and they're struggling kind of with what they're realizing about themselves, we often recommend that they seek professional help to get clear about that because sometimes when we really start to think of where we came from and how we develop certain habits or ways of engaging or communicating, it can be unsettling and and we have to sort that out. But knowing who we are as individuals is critical to being able to enter a safe space with a partner and have a productive, healthy, effective conversation. Well, Dr. Jameson, there's so much to talk about. And I think we've covered some great sort of primers on what we can start to think about to bring into our relationships. So before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the DIY Marriage Retreat and where they can learn more? And then we'll say goodbye. Great. So the DIY Marriage Retreat in a Box is part of a series of products that we're um, launching. But the Marriage Retreat in a Box is for couples who are married. It's for couples who are thinking about marriage or thinking about commitment. And it offers two workbooks that really talk about several different parts of life and give you a chance to think about you and to think about you and your partner together to make plans together about how you want to engage in those parts of your life in the coming year or across your lifetime. There's also a set of note cards in there so that each of you can write each other some little love notes and, and um, you know, have a way to just communicate love that may be special to one of you. Um, and then we also have a deck of what look like playing cards, but are really conversation starters. We love those and have so much fun with those. They're just cards that ask questions about each other. And you can answer for yourself or you can answer the card what you think your partner would say. But they're often, we hear that people who buy the marriage retreat in a box take those cards to dinner with them when they have a date night or pick one up here and there over dinner. They're just a way to kind of freshen your thinking about each other and what you know about each other and how you think about each other as partners and as people. So all of that comes um, to you in a box ready to go. And all you need is the time and space to work through it. Amazing. And where can people find out more or buy the box? You can find the box at www.diy-retreats.com. And that will take you to our website and you can buy it directly from there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jameson. And we'll have the links in the show notes and on the website at idopodcast.com. And appreciate you coming on the show and sharing everything. And like I said, we'll have to have you back on for a deep dive into blended families because with seven, you guys really tackled that one. We definitely tackled that one. Thank you so much for having me, Chase. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. 
And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.